Hi. It's time. It's rainy outside. It's dark. Um, it's October, which means it's time for a very spooky episode of Book Squad Goals. It's the perfect day for an exorcism. Yes. Yep. It is. And today we're going to talk about My Best Friend's Exorcism Mm. by Grady Hendrix. Yes. Um, Intro question to get us going. If you were to exorcise a demon from your friend using only the power of friendship, what would you use? So to do this and make it fair, um, I use a secret Santa generator. (laughs) So it would randomly choose who we would have to exorcise. And so this is like our own sort of version of secret exorcist. Yes. Except it's not very secret because, you know, here it is right (laughs) here. Surprise! So anyway, um, I can go first because I feel like this question is kind of hard. So I'll just go first. Um, So my person who I secretly have to exercise is is our special guest, Mary Kay. Round of applause for Mary Kay. Yay, applaud for me. I haven't done anything yet. (laughs) So Mary Kay. Pretty soon magic tricks and... I'm going to pull a scarf out of her hat. Okay, has a demon inside of her. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I, I made a list. <laughs> I made a list of things while I was at work earlier. So let me pull this up. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, so the first thing I put on this list for what I would use to exercise your demon, Mary mm-hmm. Kay, is hard shard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like because that. Because I was thinking about that time we drank. Hard shard. And we read scary stories to tell in the dark to each other. That's the next thing on the list, is scary stories to tell in the dark. (laughs) Uh -uh. Um, uh, Uh-uh. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, scary stories to tell in the dark. Next thing is food stolen from Marty parties. Yeah, we used to do that a lot. You'll know what that means. Nobody else will. That's fine. That's why this is our friendship. (laughs) Um, Nail polish. Okay, specific nail polish color. Did it on him. That's right. The green one. That's right. It's that named after a Minaj song. And then I puked to that song one time, too. That's I was right. actually sick, though. It wasn't for Malcolm. I've never heard someone <laughs> say they puked to a song. <laughs> or or having a demon are. inside of you. And I was just like, this <laughs> um, <laughs> Coffee from Blackbird. Right. Your bar socks. I found some that matched my skin tone. The other day. It's so hard to find. I know they were beautiful. Matches me. They have sparkles on them. They match me twice. Because you're sparkly. (laughs) Um, Belly dance classes. Did I say that already? This is a lot. I only have like one or two. This is my last one. My list is not this long. Uh, Yes. Workshopping text messages. (laughs) Anytime. That's a lot. That's it. That's a lot, though. Well, you know, I had to throw a lot at this demon. Yeah. Because... We don't want that in here. Indris. All right, Mary Kay, who'd you get as your secret exorcist? I got Mary as the person whose demon I need to exercise. So Mary and I have only met two times, and I'm going to pull out all of the things that I know about her. So I would use the alien from Annihilation. That's good. And I would have a cat in the Slytherin common room when I brought the alien up. That's it. That's all I got. That's all three things that I got. But those three things were pretty on brand, right? Yeah. 
I keep joking that I'm going to start a side podcast that's just me talking about <laughs> Annihilation every single episode. And I think I could do it. She just talks about it all the time. Looks real good. <laughs> the movie's good, too, for entirely different reasons. But I really like that movie. I haven't read the book yet, yeah. but I'm excited to do it at some point. I do like that book. Do you, Mary, <laughs> you like that book? I do like it. Oh, wow. Did not know that. Mary, who'd you get? I got Susan. And I didn't really have a long list of items. I just had a general plan. I was going to assemble like a dog prayer circle. Oh my god. Of, of I want all... that anyway. Can I just have that? <laughs> like I want to wake up in the morning to Roger that. Okay. and Mabel and Rez. <laughs> and then like also they have some dog friends. <laughs> The dog friends could come. That's good. Yeah. Roger has a hard time making friends. But, <laughs> yeah. It might be a small circle. <laughs> I, I feel like Mabel has an okay time having friends. Mabel's good. Mabel. She actually does no. have an easier time than Roger, like, surprisingly. That's funny. For being such a weirdo bitch. She's, yeah, like, friendlier to other dogs than Roger. I like imagining this exorcism. Like, Susan is strapped to a bed. And the dogs are gathered around with Mary. I hope I'm strapped to a bed for this. <laughs> you have to be. The dogs would probably be yeah. licking you. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Just like up in your face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lick the demon out. You know? <laughs> that was my that was the entirety of my I feel like plan. it worked. Right. I think it would work. Um, it's a good plan. Yeah. It's gone. Because I was thinking like stuff Susan likes. She likes to yeah. travel. Can't really incorporate that. <laughs> In an exorcism. First, we go to Rome. (laughs) So I'm like, I think we're good stopping at dogs. We meet with the 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 dogs could get the job done. They're powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, It's my turn, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have Kelly. Um, I also Mm -hmm. came up with a plan. Yeah. Um, So first, (laughs) I would sing as hard as I could. God is a woman. <laughs> and hopefully that would yes. stir, stir the good. demon a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Then, <laughs> you know those me, things you know, that you can get you sing God is a woman. where you can lick your cat back? <laughs> yes! So I would get one of those licky tongues and just lick Kelly's face for a while. As a cat. Yeah. As a cat. Yeah. I would oh give you God. a little cat bath. <laughs> That's gonna be hard to do while singing. No, it's mm. it's first yeah. I first sing. is the song, then is the okay. licking. Two steps. Phase two. Kitty cat bath. Phase two. All right. Phase IRL. three. Phase three. If that doesn't work, I will just sit there and tell her that she's pretty until that'll work. She feels better. Whenever someone says <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm like, huh? What? Yeah. See. What demon? And that's, I feel like by then, it should be fine. I think that's a good plan. Solid. I can already feel the demon um, leaving me. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. am the last person to go because I have Emily. So. That's why you're last? Well, because you started. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, that's true. Okay. Um, So... My plan, and forgive me, Emily, for bringing this up, but 
no. Emily and I um, used to role play together online. Oh my god, it's coming out. Everyone, knows. it's coming out. Uh oh. Uh, so <laughs> I would uh, clearly do some it was research. a sex thing. Clearly, it was all sex. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, it was mostly like friendship RP between like James Potter and Sirius Black. Yes, that's uh, a, that's our that's main. the majority. Me. Yeah. Who was who? I'm James. Uh, uh anyway. I think they were together at one point. No. They were not. <laughs> Just let me this have this, canon. Kelly. <laughs> Absolutely not. Kelly says we as deal, James Potter. We had to deal that with is a lot true. of people. Yeah. James Just let Potter me have has this. eyes for no one but Lily. Yeah, that's I just agree. the truth. I mean, before her. Okay. Didn't happen. Just let me have it, you guys. <laughs> I will not. This is my exorcism, <laughs> bitch. I'm sorry. That demon's gonna, if you start talking about that, that demon is never gonna leave me. I know. Like, the demon will, like, sink in, because it will, like, sense Emily's anger, and yeah. it will it will grasp it. You know, it feeds okay, on okay. anger. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. I'm gonna no, no, dig up, fine. and we used to, we also used to um, role play as uh, Dan Humphrey and Jenny Humphrey. Oh my god, your siblings. <laughs> yes, that was yeah. how we met. We met doing Gossip Girl role play. It's out now. Yep. What? XOXO <laughs> yep. Gossip. I was Girl. Dan. Emily was Jenny. That's right. XOXO Gossip Girl. Anyway, uh, I would dig up all of these old role play threads, and I would do dramatic readings of them. Oh my god, amazing. <laughs> That's perfect, <laughs> yeah. Until uh, she... Can um, you just do that anyway? Yeah, I fun. mean, yes. <laughs> but I feel like because that's, like, the core of, like, where our friendship started... Yeah, that's, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And then just throw some butterbeer at it. Yeah. Like, instead, instead of holy, holy water, water, just yeah. butterbeer. Yeah. Or I could get, like, a like an IV... And like put butterbeer directly into your veins. Yes. Sounds good. Um, we're talking about this because uh, we read My Best Friend's <laughs> Exorcism. Um, if you have been listening to us for any amount of time, you know that My Best Friend's Exorcism is sort of like my annihilation, except I'm not <laughs> as hardcore about it as Mary is about annihilation. I would never want to take that away from Mary. Um, Annihilation and Mary have a special relationship. Special. However, <clears throat> I do love this book a lot. We've had Grady um, on the podcast, where we interviewed him for the podcast before. We've also talked about um, Horror Store before. So, like, we've done a lot of Grady content on this podcast, but we have yet to talk about my favorite Grady Hendrix novel. And most of us had read it already. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person here who was reading it for the first time is Susan, but Mary Kay, Mary, Kelly, and I have all read it before, so we're revisiting it um, and forcing Susan to read it so we can talk about it. So You're welcome, welcome, Susan. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so here is the Goodreads description. <laughs> Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since fifth grade when they bonded over a shared love of E.T., roller skating parties, and scratch and sniff snick- snickers. Stickers. <laughs> Don't scratch a Snickers. Just eat it. It'll just get um, chocolate under your fingernails. Yes. That's I also want to say all of that is a fallacy. That's not what they bonded over. No. Yeah, that's, no. Yeah. That's like one anyway. thing. Anyway. And they um, didn't both love E.T. or roller skating. Gretchen didn't know those things. 
Yeah, but Gretchen for or Abby forced Gretchen to watch ET, and then Gretchen loved it. Sort of like I'm forcing you guys to read this book and love it. So um, we're mm-hmm. bonding over this now, whether you like it or not. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm in support of the bonding. I just think that yeah, no, I um, I almost said I'm in support of the bondage. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I've been talking for a long time. Mary Kay's already um, ready to analyze this book in the Goodreads description. I know. I know. I'm so I'm so like you better do Grady right, okay? You right. gotta do. Anyway. I know that this you didn't write this, but I just don't think shared love is the term I would use. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. We criticize the Goodreads description. All I know. The time. I've been listening to y'all's show. I know. <laughs> That's why I thought it was okay for me to do it. No, no, you're, you're doing great. You're doing great. Um, let me finish this though. All right. But <laughs> when they arrive at high school, things change. Gretchen begins to act different, mm. and. As the strange coincidences and bizarre behavior start to pile up, Abby realizes there's only one possible explanation. Gretchen, her favorite person in the world, has a demon living inside of her. It's the only explanation. It's the only explanation. Mm -hmm. I agree. And Abby is not about to let anyone or anything come between her and her best friend. With help from some, some unlikely allies, Abby embarks on a quest to save Gretchen. But is their friendship powerful enough to beat the devil? Um, Spoiler warning, we're going to spoil stuff. Yeah, we're going to spoil stuff now. Anyway, so let's get into the questions I have about this. Feel free to talk about anything else you want, as always. But, you know, this is just kind of like where we're starting. I just want to say I'm real excited. (laughs) I'm glad you're excited. Because I, like, when I read this for the first time a couple of years ago, I was like, this was really great, but it was just me and Emily in an echo chamber. <laughs> how great it is. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I really appreciate, Mary, that, like, I read this and I was like, wow, that was really great. And you were like, okay, I'm going to read it. Like, I appreciate that. I remember I was dog sitting and I read it in, like, two sittings. Yeah. I just sat funny. in a chair with baby Frederick the pug. <gasps> Baby Frederick. Fre- you know, Baby Frederick is a very good um, book reading pup. So he read he read uh, fledgling with me too. Oh, maybe I'll take some pictures with Baby Frederick this weekend. Yeah, in the, in the book, so everyone can see Baby Frederick. Um, you've seen him before, but okay. So let's just talk about the eighties nostalgia going on in this book. Uh, so this is a trend that refuses to die (laughs) so i'm currently watching american horror story 1984 stranger things is still going strong it part two is back or it part two is here you get the idea how do we feel about the 80s nostalgia trend in general and how do we feel like it's working or not working in this book um well i uh Mm. as not to brag the youngest person here um, don't <laughs> maybe don't have as much of an attachment to 80s as some of the other people here, which I think we've discussed <laughs> before. Um, because for me, like, I did not experience any part of the 80s. Uh, so I do, I enjoy stuff from the 80s, but like, I'm not like when something is like 80s themed, I'm not like that's my shit right there, you know? Yeah, same. Uh, however, on the other hand. <laughs> There's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. However, all of the stuff that you listed, except for American Horror Story, which is trash for the record, uh, I like all that other stuff. 
that you mentioned. <laughs> so maybe I do like 80s nostalgia things. Either way, I don't like it it is working like in the book like when it when it is brought up, but I don't even though this book takes place in the 80s, like mm-hmm. it's I don't think it's leaning yeah. too heavily yeah, on the nostalgia factor. It Grady Hendrix has this knack, I think, for setting. Uh, just from reading Horror Store and uh, mm-hmm. My Best Friend's Exorcism, the book we're talking about <laughs> right now. Um, I haven't read any of his other books. I started We Sold Our Souls, but haven't finished it. Like, I think he has a oh, yeah, knack for setting souls, in a yeah. way that's not obtrusive. So, like, even though the whole premise of Horror Store is they're locked in an Ikea, mm-hmm. I never felt like it was an oppressive thing if that makes sense the setting except in the way that it was supposed to be the setting of uh my best friend's exorcism is in the 80s like there are all these 80s things that anyone could recognize but i think like the core story could happen now it could happen like any time and it wasn't like there were references to 80s things that were fun but it wasn't like those things were overemphasized or that they were key to your understanding of what was going yeah. on. It was just like nice atmosphere that didn't feel like mm-hmm. too much. The teen lingo, I think, was very well handled where like there were things that the kids said that were like, oh, yeah, that's definitely like things that teenagers said then without it being like for sure, uh, like over the yeah. top. It, it was like you could understand what they were sl- saying with the slang, but it was also like you kind of rolled your eyes a little bit yeah, because it is like something your mom would say. Yeah. Like one time when I was dating that guy who was a lot older than me, he asked me. Uh, what's your damage? And I was like, did you just watch Heathers? What the hell is wrong with you? Why would you ask me that? But, um, but yeah, this, I, I did like, though, that, like you were saying, like, this elements of the setting were not, like, you didn't have to have lived through the 80s to get the setting, or the scene. Like, uh, her her um, landline, which is a thing that they have, uh, says, hi, oh, I'm yeah. Mickey, and it comes into, like, her nightmare sometimes. And I just thought that, like, little stuff like that, like, this, the kind that, like, they drink bush light, which when I was um, in high school and college, it was natural light, which they're both. Fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but they're both terrible. But I, I like that it was, um, like, if it could be nostalgic if you were wanting that, but I feel like you were saying the, um, the other shows, like Stranger Things, I don't, it's only nostalgia. Like, it. that's all. Yes. It's nothing new. And I, I think this one is new. I think it is a new thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because it combines two things. And like you're saying, also, I think Grady Hendrix does have a real knack for that, too. Because mm-hmm. even in, um, shit, I keep wanting to say paperbacks from hell. But what I mean is we sold our souls. You can tell yeah. he knows yeah. metal. Like, I don't, but yeah. I can't, I trust yeah. it, you know? Right. It's, like, really immersive. Like, I, I feel completely convinced yeah. he's done all of his research. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. And as a person who has worked in hospitality, I know that section, too, for that for that other book, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, 
exactly what that is. Yeah, I get that. So, like, it's it there for you like if you Grady Hendrix between that book and Horror Store. I'm like, okay, you definitely have been in customer service before, or at least like have a good understanding mm-hmm. of what that's <laughs> like. Um, I, I mean, I could sing the praises of Grady Hendrix all day. I think he's a really great writer. Yeah. Um, I just like I just think the writing in this book. And is I, really like great. speaking of the writing, just one more thing about the eighties. Well, thing. I want to like, say something I, about the eighties too. Okay, <laughs> well, just about the writing. Like, um, I feel like you sometimes you forget it's the eighties, and like I would get an image of like what these kids look like in my head, and it would be like more modern. And then he would have like a really vivid description of them, and I'd be like, oh shit, they are they're looking real eighties right now. It's the eighties, yeah. Like that, the <laughs> bangs are teased, you know. Like, yeah. So I I appreciated those like very very. Descriptive without it being like annoying YA descriptions of what everyone's wearing all the time. Right. I'm sorry, Susan. What were you going to say? No, that's okay. I just I have to chime in about this specifically because <laughs> my yes, like I I really like 80s nostalgia, even if it's only 80s nostalgia. Like I still like it in Stranger Things. That's okay. Yeah. Um. But I um my main I like it like, too. Yeah. <laughs> love in the 80s is music like I went to a Toto concert less than one week ago from today and I bought a t-shirt like this is this is a current bless the rain still happening to me <laughs> so um I actually I really like enjoyed how much like the song lyrics played a role in like mm-hmm. how Abby and Gretchen bonded and I like the change song lyrics which are really funny and really worked in the audio because that was a really great narrator i don't know if anyone else oh, yeah. to it, but she was really good um yeah i've listened to that and she was great I don't yeah like it when there's like sort of a running gimmick like the chapter titles all being song titles but in this case it really worked for me <laughs> so i was all about that yeah that's all just wanted to plug toto i agree <laughs> i really <Yeah>. liked the <laughs> chapter titles mm-hmm. like it felt it felt like a really cohesive choice to make all the chapter title song lyrics it also i agree susan like it didn't seem yeah. too gimmicky or well because it was like a huge part of their friendship and not yeah. just like we're mm-hmm. in the 80s yeah. you know yeah yeah right which maybe the Goodreads description should have said that they bonded over music mm-hmm. phil yeah. collins is also but touring over phil by collins the way. Speaking of, oh, like, songs that they liked. <laughs> yes. Let's so get on this. All right. Um, <laughs> so the other big element of this, we've got 80s nostalgia and we've got demonic possession. Um, so let's talk about the demonic possession. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, like, dying. All right. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Um, so. Is it a demon? <laughs> I wrote a blog post a really long time ago about my best friend's exorcism. It's no longer accessible because I'm lazy and did not put it back up again. So I'm just going to like briefly talk about it. Um, but I did mention it, you know, shameless plug for my recent um, Spooktober post about the Black Coat's daughter. Cause I do talk about it a little bit in that post as well. But what you'll notice about the traditional exorcism story is that it's always a girl who's being possessed. It's usually a girl who is on the brink of some sort of sexual awakening of some sort. 
And there, the exorcism, yep. the not the exorcism, mm-hmm. the possession. Therefore, is sort of coded as like she is becoming this like sexual being, and that's kind of like horrifying. And um, it's easier to like explain that away by, mm-hmm. um, you know, like saying some demon has taken over her. There's also this this issue of like it always happens to women because women are seen as these like empty vessels who can be like filled. Mm-hmm. with something else you know <laughs> um maybe it's a dick maybe yeah. it's a demon i don't know could be either um, those are really the only two options though <laughs> yeah is it dicks or demons There's i don't know dicks or demons. one of the things that carol clover says in her my one of my favorite books of horror film criticism men women and chainsaws is that um the woman is the woman is the vessel, and she's usually like the one who gets possessed. Yeah. But the fight is yeah. almost always yes. for a, the soul of yeah. a man yeah. because it's worth more. So mm-hmm. when Brother Lemon is like, mm-hmm. "Do you think it was an accident that we came mm-hmm. to your school?" Um, I really appreciated that he's a very tertiary character, mm-hmm. but assumed that he was the yes. protagonist. Yes. And, yeah. and as soon as he yeah. said that, I was like, motherfucker, are you hijacking this narrative right now? Because this is not about you, Brother Lemon. You need to sit your ass down. Like, that's, I just, yes. anyway, I had an overreaction to that. But you wanted no. to talk about feminism in this. Yeah. And it's, it is a girl yes. story. And I think to me, that's why it's so important that at the end of the day, it is um, Abby who has to save Gretchen. Because this isn't a story of, like, some dude yes. coming in, saving the day, and, mm-hmm. like, sort of like reclaiming the female body. This is about two girls right. and their friendship and how like, I mean, not to sound corny, but like it is, this is a story of like, it's a story of a lot of things, but it, like at the center of it, this is a story of like the strength of this friendship and like the fact that like that, that's yeah. enough to uh, fix this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't need anybody else. And in fact, there's nobody else who can do this, but her. You know, um, so yeah, like I, uh, I, I agree. Like, even though there are sort of those, um, connections to the traditional exorcism story, like she does say that, like, she's not a virgin anymore. And there's this whole scene where, um, Abby feels very like betrayed by that because she's like, Oh, Gretchen, Mm -hmm. like has become this like other thing Mm -hmm. without me and has like left me behind. I think um, that doesn't end up being, like, a negative thing or, like, her, like, right. I don't know, loss of virginity. It doesn't change happened, her character. Isn't, like, yeah. the, I don't know what ends up, like, pulling them apart or, like, making her other. Uh, does somebody else want to talk about this? Because I just talked a lot. Sorry. Yeah, I do. I think um, that typically goes along with that, too. Well, I think also, I mean, Abby, you know quickly realizes or quickly like thinks that she realizes Mm -hmm. that Gretchen has been raped so you know at first she's upset because she thinks Gretchen like just decided to lose her virginity and like do it first and not even tell Abby and all this stuff and then all of a sudden she realizes like oh wait like she uh was raped and I think even though like at the end of the day she wasn't raped I think I mean, in a way, she she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, I think 
like be, like possession is always you know a really apt metaphor for you know assault or rape because it's mm-hmm. the invasion of a body of a personal space mm-hmm. um and it is like taking taking something from someone and um i think like as far as uh this book being feminist you know uh i think that there is a lot in here about and and we there's like a discussion question later about this too, but the and fact that no one whatever believes order we want, but yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just the fact that no one believes Abby when she approaches all of these different adults and says like Gretchen was raped. She goes to Gretchen's parents. She says Gretchen was raped. They're like, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're talking about. She goes to like the guidance counselor at school. She goes to the principal. She tries to tell all these different people and and no one will listen to her. Um and it just like speaks to this idea that, you know, women like no matter what they say, <laughs> like Yeah. I interpreted no Gretchen's loss of virginity as she was being raped by the devil. Yeah. Did you guys get that too? Yeah. Like was that what yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is kind of standard fare for that coming of age, um, mm-hmm. I guess, trope that you're talking about, because those are the women who are typically the um, most impressionable, um, which is, I mean, looking back on my 14 year old self, exactly right. Like, of course. Um, but I, I also think it's interesting because that is like you have your whole witch trials thing which was about adolescent girls as well and like the shared psychosis that they assigned that possession to now which i don't think those are mutually Mm -hmm. exclusive because Mm -hmm. well okay point to that in the brain i mean what um but also i mean based on my very limited knowledge of demons and catholic exorcisms which is mostly gleaned from matt baglio's book the ritual Oh, no, The Right. Sorry. The Ritual is a different horror movie. <laughs> the Right is the one. Um, it's a it's a book about, like, he's a priest and he goes to exorcism school, basically, in Rome. Um, but they talk about how uh, people try to perform exorcisms and just like Brother Lemon does, they almost they, they can kill the, the actual person, the body. Oh, yes. Please get into um, this. So... They caution very hard against performing exorcisms in the Catholic Church unless you've been. It's not ordained, but it's some. It's not a certification. It's like between those two, like certification uh, accomplishments, I guess. But um, basically, it's like you don't want to kill the person. That that's not what your goal is. You're not. It's not like a. And you yeah, don't. Yeah. It's it's just a demon that is in them. It doesn't affect their soul it just makes them do things that they are not conscious of doing this is of course based on my very limited knowledge so if i'm wrong i'm wrong but um that's how people die is when people are performing exorcisms who don't know how to do it like um emily rose uh was oh man it was Anne. there's another a French woman's name, which is why I can't remember it because I had too many vowels in it. But she, a little girl uh, was basically tortured to death because they thought she had a demon and she may or may not have, but the exorcist didn't know what he was doing. And so that that is the ultimate horror show, right? Where you like convince, convince someone they're doing the right thing so hard that they end up doing the worst thing 
they could do. Like, that's how the devil wins, essentially. But Abby does this really interesting thing in this book, I think. And I, you can totally cut down what I'm saying because I'm saying it in a really long-winded way because I'm still processing it. But she does everything by the book, right? Like, by <laughs> Brother Lemon's book after he fucking jumps ship and abandons, by the way. Like, what the hell? You started this. I gotta go get I my mean, daddy. Absolutely, go, go get your daddy. daddy, but then bring him back here. Like, <laughs> don't just go home. Right. Right. Does daddy don't just, not have a cell phone. No, they didn't. But no, you can't 80, just go hide behind your daddy when you're doing the Lord's Convenient. work. Convenient. So Abby picks up the manual and she does everything by the book, and then finally she's like, "I'm so far in this now." that I'm going to die with you if this doesn't work. And I think that's ultimately like the sacrifice needed is to like put, be willing to put your soul at hazard for someone else, which is hard to do, (laughs) I think, but they are such good friends and they've, they have such a strong bond that it, it works when she does it and it doesn't work when brother lemon does it because he's not doing it for Gretchen. He's doing it like for himself, I think. But yeah, you can totally like chop yeah. that back if yeah. you need to, <laughs> Emily, when you're editing. I'm sorry. No, that's good. You're good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think absolutely. And I think, too, like um, kind of just to add to what you're saying, I think Abby is at this point where she's like, I don't even know what I'll do if I don't have Gretchen right. anymore. Right. You know? So it's like mm-hmm. she's totally willing to put herself on the line because it's like the – the alternative is like to not have her like that's uh, like out of the question right right so well and for both of them like they feel like this Mm -hmm. is the only person that i have in the world yeah when when gretchen is like about to be like taken over she says to abby like you're my only friend you know and like they have their little friend group but i think it's really Mm -hmm. clear that like within that friend group like they're the ones that are like they're the closest ones yeah yeah um, yeah. anyone have anything to say about, else to say about this before we move on? About which part? I about agree. the demonic possession. Um, I have a segue for us into this next religion okay, part. Okay, yeah. Perfect. So, I don't think, I, from the, from the language that they were saying, their denomination seems Southern Baptist to me. Would you guys agree that that is... The Lemon Brothers yeah. bodybuilding. I don't know that much about religion, that. so I'm going to let um, someone else take that. <laughs> me neither. I don't know. I was raised Southern Baptist, and I don't know that... But were you in a megachurch? Because this is specifically, like, uh, megachurch no, Baptist to me. I wasn't. I, like, the exorcism part does okay. not seem Southern Baptist to me. Everything they said in their faith and fitness presentation, yes. <laughs> That's what I mean. That and when the yeah. coach is talking about like your most precious oh, gift yeah. is your oh, virginity. Gosh. Yes. Those two things to me sounded like very much mega churchy Southern Baptist. Yeah. Yes. Well, and Brother Lemon yeah. did say like something like, no, not an exorcism in the Catholic sense. It's he called it something mm. else. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the same thing, but, essentially, but, well, like, the, yeah. he had a different... What was it called? I don't remember. It was... I think he, he did use another yeah. phrase for it, 
But he was like, we're not going to be doing this exorcism the Catholic way, which is, to me, that is a paradox. Because <laughs> Deliverance. Deliverance. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Susan. Um, I don't think other denominations acknowledge demonic possession the way that the Catholic Church does. Yeah. So that to me was like, well, Brother Lemon, you gotta, you gotta get on board with one. In this, in this case, you can't be like splitting the difference because it doesn't work. You're equivocating, and that doesn't work. But also, I got that from Gretchen's family too, with how strict they were. Yeah, which I think is what uh, the next point was, right? Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that. So I do want to talk about religion because I I do think that something is happening here. There's some there's some commentary about religion happening here. Obviously, first of all, they go yeah. go to a religious private school. Um, more spe- mm-hmm. but like I want to talk about Gretchen specifically because she's the one who gets possessed, and she's also the one with the most strict family. Like. Her family won't let her see PG movies at the beginning right. of the book. Like, so she hasn't seen E.T. because, like, it's too much for her. And, like, she's not allowed to watch television. Like, they're very, very strict. Um, so I think it's interesting that she's the one who gets possessed. Also, yeah. just as an aside, I think it's interesting that when they're taking LSD, Gretchen is the one who's like, I don't want to have a bad trip. And then she, like, gets possessed while she's on LSD. Like, right. that seems like the worst trip ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, like, what do you guys think Grady Hendrix is saying about religion here? Besides just, like, I mean, obviously there's a little making fun of religion happening. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think, like... There's definitely something going on with, like, the way that religion looks at virginity happening here. Talking about, like, Oof. the most precious mm-hmm. gift shit. So, um, I don't know. Just over I, the, the floor for that. So, it's hard to unpack all my feelings about religion. Because, like, I grew up very similarly to Gretchen in the sense of, like, I wasn't allowed to do a bunch of stuff when I was a kid. Couldn't watch a bunch of movies. Couldn't watch a lot of, like, I couldn't watch My Little Pony. Because it had magic in it. You know, well, stuff I mean, like that. It's very um, sexual. I couldn't watch Captain Planet because it was too new agey. Like, oh my God. Really wild stuff like that. And That's so precious, Mary. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I understand, like, where that style Those of parenting comes bastards. from. It's well-intentioned, but it's really misguided. I think Gretchen, I mean, for one thing, Gretchen doesn't necessarily agree with this, which what child does mm-hmm. when you see, like, all your friends doing stuff and you're not allowed to do it. But also, right. it, I had what I was going to say and now I'm, like, losing it. It's slipping through my Can head. I tell a quick anecdote yeah, while you yeah, yeah. get the thread back? I'm getting okay. it back. Okay. Oh, I hope it's about acid. You hope it's about what? Acid. Oh no, it's not. It's about um, it's about being in strict households. I had strict parents, but it was never like don't watch this or don't you know experience these things. It was like we need to know what you're doing at all times. But I do remember. Um, so I was the same age as Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like I got hit the book for my eleventh birthday and shit. And um, I can remember like in the South there was like this huge stink about it's devil worship because it's magic and witchcraft. Oh, yeah. And I remember my mom laying in her 
in her recliner with her neck all the way back, right? Watching the news and then muting it and then turning her head to look at me and look just like staring at me for a second and then go and then saying, is this book devil worshiping? Just like that. <laughs> and I was like, no. And she get, and she didn't even say anything back. She just unmuted the TV and changed the channel. Like, it was like... <laughs> Amazing. It was like, are you worshiping the devil? Yes or I, no? I and I was like, no. Was like, that, okay. Where I was a bad child and my dad said, this is about the devil. You're not allowed to read it. And I said, too late. I've already read the first three books. Yeah. Get it, Mary. <laughs> Yes. He was just like, we oh. weren't allowed to watch Save the Last Dance at my friend's party because there was interracial dating, so that was fun. That was our that was my version of strict. <laughs> Although to be fair, it was my friend's parents. My parents were like, What color do they think you are? <laughs> what? That but okay. <laughs> so anyway. What color do they think you are? Anyway, <laughs> strict households in the South. I'll drink to that. I remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Go for uh, it. Gretchen's parents have all these rules for her, <laughs> and I understand where they're coming from. They want to protect her from what they see as, like, the secular bad world. But, like, ultimately, I think this book is saying that good intentions can't protect your child. And cutting your child off from the world doesn't mean they're not going to be part of it. Yeah. Like, totally. no matter yeah. how... Like, well said. Yeah. No matter how much great. <laughs> the Langs want Gretchen to not be part of normal things, like going to the movies and doing LSD in the woods, I guess... Like, that stuff's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to do LSD in the woods no matter what you say, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, my version of that was like, I've already read Harry Potter. You can't tell me what to do. Mine was <laughs> so, like, like a lot tamer. I got drunk at a party, threw up at it. My mom had to come pick me up and I threw up all over a car. Oof. And was like, please don't tell dad yeah, about Susan, this. Used to be, <laughs> she was like, I'm gonna tell you. He used him. to be Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did used to be Got Catholic. That. Um so I'm familiar with all the like sex guilt stuff. Um yes. conveniently I'm no longer Catholic, so I don't feel that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like truly the stuff the Langs being upset and suspicious that she had lost her virginity, yet refusing to consider the the possibility yes. she had been raped was horrifying. Yeah, right. and the fact that they mm-hmm. took her to a doctor to like check yes. and see if she was still intact. Which, first oh. of all, doctor, right. you can't really check Which for is, virginity uh, because virginity is not you real. You can if you don't fucking understand no. women's bodies. Because your hymen can get broken. Because virginity <laughs> is a state of mind. Guys, it's a Catholic state of mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can only achieve it. Yeah, if you're fully Catholic. Yeah, (laughs) but so in a lot of ways, I was never a virgin. (laughs) I guess saying I was born not a virgin. What can I say? I was born not a virgin. (laughs) Yikes. Um. Yeah. So. I don't really have a lot to say about religion because I was never brought up religious, but I did want to just 
use this moment to once again restate, because I know we've said it before, but just for those in the back who maybe didn't hear us the first time, virginity is not real. Um, it's just another myth to control women's bodies. Um, and the obsession with women's virginity is really fucked up. And it's really fucked up that these parents are like... It, it is. So, like, so obsessed with finding out whether or not their daughter is a virgin. As if her having sex is the worst possible thing that she could be doing. Um, and neglecting to notice that she has a literal demon right. inside of her. And, like, their concern isn't for her health. No, they're not, they're not like, worried she's well, going to get pregnant. not a virgin... They're shockingly unconcerned with her get- health. Yeah. They're very yeah. unconcerned with her health. They only want to know if she's, like, tainted goods right. now. Right. Which is real well, messed I'm up. I'm tainted goods and I'm yes. <laughs> I'm I'm better it's still goods. good shit. Like, like, it's not tainted. It's, um, it's experienced and talented, even, dare I say. <laughs> talented. <laughs> it's, I mean, also, it should, I'm, like, adventurous. Yes. So... Right. What do you, I mean? Of course, I am painted goods by now. <laughs> I mean, their their concern is truly for her perceived purity and not for her health, because she begins like literally rotting as a person yeah. and like has cuts all over her. She can't stinks. take a shower. Yeah. Wears the same clothes every day, and that's not as bad. And yet, they freak out when she crimps her yeah. hair. Like, that's what they're worried about. Like, oh my gosh, what did you do to your hair? Also, like, your hair can become uncrimped. Yeah. It's not <laughs> right. permanent. Um, Look. So, while a lot of that virginity as a gift is seems Southern Baptist, that, speaking of Catholicism, like, virginity and Catholicism is, I mean, not only, like, the Immaculate Conception is a big deal, like, theologically speaking, but, like, I went short story went on this like senior retreat when I was in high school and we had to like go to confession while we were there and you know I'm having sex by this point so I'm like what can I list off as sins during this I guess I'll say that and the priest was like it's okay I know this was a gift that was like meant for your husband one day but like you can still have that with him if we just like say all these prayers, basically. And I was like, "Is he trying you to reinstate vir- Jesus? Can restore your virginity? Yeah, my quote unquote virginity? It was fucking wacky." And I was like, mm-hmm. "I've never been so uncomfortable." Like, I was just like, "I got to get out of this place. Like, it's it's not okay anymore." So anyway, it's just it's insane to me that that virginity is considered like a gift to give to someone else. Like when mm-hmm. only for ju- women though, right, right, and it's just yeah. like the like continuing this idea that like like sex is not for pleasure, especially not for women's pleasure. Like yeah, because the first time you have sex, it's usually weird, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's super <laughs> weird. It's weird and awful. But to quote Nicki Minaj, you put a bow on your panties because your ass is a present. And I have invoked Nicki Minaj twice in this episode now. I'll make it four times before we're done here. Good job. Good job. That's probably a record for But, like, us. here's the thing is, like, if you're going to have sex, like, let that be a gift for yourself. You know? 
doesn't yes. need to be a gift for somebody else. Why can't it just be presents yeah. all the way around? <laughs> Everybody gets a prize. Everyone here, look under your seat for Vermont maple scum. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should enjoy it. That's a joy. I mean, if you do it right, yeah. Um. What do you guys want to talk about next? So we can talk about class or we can talk about the South. Those are kind of like the two. They kind of go together, too. Yeah, that's why I'm like, we can fork either way. Can I tell a side? I I have one more religion comment. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Specifically. That wasn't one of the options, Mary. Well, before, maybe as we transition, I don't know if this was a thing everywhere. Maybe it was just in the South. But when I was... (laughs) maybe it was just in the south when i was in middle school a group like the lemon brothers came to my school what i'm so glad we're doing this uh they did a fitness demonstration slash sermon what and it was a school sanctioned event wow and i did go to a public school wow and that's something that only yeah. happens in the South. Great, great transition there. There is wow. a, there's a documentary about a guy who like does this shit still. Like, has anyone yeah. seen this? It's called like Toughing mm. Nails no. or something, and it's it's like strength ministry. It's this is a fucking mm. weird. I know. Like, I think this... it sounds cool in concept, but in execution, please watch it's the documentary weird. and feel how weird it is. Uh, okay, I might up, change my mind. Look up the Power Team. The Power <laughs> Team. <laughs> They're one group that does this, um, and there's videos of them on YouTube doing it. Because I was telling Todd about <laughs> it, I was reading. It, I was like, "Oh, I forgot about oh these guys." I did I not know. Those guys. I was like, "We have to watch is, this though. now." I think I get it, though. I think I get the connection as being, like, a mind over matter sort of um, strengthened mm. through the spirit. And I understand that. Yeah. And mm. I respect that because I hear it a lot from, like, marathoners. Anything that mm. requires, like, extreme endurance. physicality or, yeah, or endurance, um, it's it very much, like, strengthens your mind to overcome physical things. So I get the connection but whenever I've seen it on like documentaries or in this, I'm always like, no, but that does not seem like what's happening on the outside. Mm-mm. Like I, I understand that it might be feel that way, but it looks weird. I, Maybe I that's think what I'm doing wrong when I run long distances because I'm always like pretty much dying. Like I'm really, close to <laughs> right. you just aren't asking God enough to uh, yeah. bear your God is like not involved yeah. at all in the running process for me. Running sucks. I know it's good for you, but God, at what cost? Yes, but maybe if I right a little. I think that this strain of uh, exhibitionist performances comes out of muscular Christianity, which is like tell me more about that term. When a bunch of dudes, a bunch of dudes in the eighteen hundreds were like. Christianity's getting too ladylike. We gotta oh. make it for dudes. Hmm. And so there was just like this huge emphasis on like this like strength and power and all this these, stuff. Like, the like, first incel? It was a bunch of bros. It was probably. yeah, probably. It's just bro Christianity. They were like, so, like I, I think it comes from that of like, look how strong I am because of God. I think it these are the type of people that use the word pussified. Yikes. <sighs> No, no, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. No, but you know I also think it comes from. Word, 
<laughs> I think it also comes from um, the freak shows from a long time ago mm-hmm. because for a while, um, anomalous bodies. Now, now we have medicalized them so that it's like yeah. a condition or an affliction um, to have mm-hmm. any sort of um, uncommon body, really. Um, but before that, it was looked at as a curse, and before that, it was looked at as like a neutral omen. Mm-hmm. Do something special, or if you were super strong, or if you were like double jointed, then it was looked at like the hand of God was put on you to do this thing. And so then maybe it just went from there off the rails mm-hmm. into like bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah. Which seems like a. It definitely went off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to like trace it back. You said it went like from macho, and I was like, maybe it went from this too. Maybe they coincided to make it like some sort yeah. of yeah. strange hybrid. I that we're trying to make intellectual sense of how yeah. it happened, though. But it did happen. I think like, it, yeah. yeah. Reason, yeah. Like, know, one thing led to like, another. The result of it appears so like almost anti-intellectual. Almost. This is yeah. also but I love a very eighties thing. Like this yeah. sort of performance. Like they did it through the nineties. But, like, the 80s were a, re- a really weird time in Christianity. And also a big time in bodybuilding. <laughs> for sure. True. Maybe that's just what it was. It was, like, big yeah. times for both. How can I be Christian but still really buff? Transitioning from talking about religion to the South, I think, makes the most sense, right? So this book takes place in the South, and that seems important. But how? And how do those of us who grew up in the South feel about how the South was represented here Kelly, just for the record, Orlando does not count as the South. I checked with Mary Kay before the recording, and she agrees. Sorry. Sorry, girl. Sorry. Have I ever tried to argue that Orlando is the South? Florida is its very own special, colorful, lawless swamp. <laughs> Never have I ever no, said. Just, I know. Okay, so basically, I'm, I'm talking to Mary Kay and Mary here, who grew up in the South. Yeah, I'm definitely excluded from yeah. this one. So, hey, hey, Georgia girls, what's up? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I I get that Gretchen and Abby go to a private school, but even still in a public school, like, all of this religion in school was super common to me. And, like, that makes it very yeah. Southern yep. to me. Yep. There are a few uh, mm-hmm. concerns of the separation of church and state in the South. For sure. But I, I'm still concerned about that yeah. today. Uh, yeah. I, sometimes I hear stuff. I do live in the South now. I don't think this was a negative portrayal of the South, though. No. No. And I I didn't um, think so either. I kind of like how it wasn't, like, overtly everything is, like, super Southern. They do say y'all. Yeah. Which seemed right. We say that down here. Yeah. So. Maybe more than anything else, this seemed very Charleston, Mm. specifically, because I have not had a lot of experience. But yeah, it's really bougie, it's really affluent, and there is a clear distinction between, like, old money and new money and no money. And no money. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I grew up in a small town, but it was also very separated because... Your girl, of course, went to public school, but there was a private school that you had to pay a shit ton of money to go to, and they had uniforms, and they were attached to a church, and I just remember them being like, well, you get a better education at the private school, the students, and me being like, really? Because I'm in four AP classes right now. Like, I don't think that that is really true. I think that you just... 
I don't even think you're learning more about the Bible than I am. I think your parents just wanted to show that they have money. Well, and they also wanted you only interacting with other rich kids. Or are racist. Mm -hmm. They don't want you making friends with rich It's often more of a social move than an educational move, I think, on the parents' part. Oh, for sure. And that's what um, I noticed in in this book, too, is that Abby has a scholarship to go there. Mm-hmm. Like, her parents couldn't have paid for her to go. I mean, they're already, like, saving and scrimping so that she can go. And they don't, I guess, are only paying part of her tuition or whatever. But I also thought it was a little bit fucked up that she's always the one driving, even though all of her friends are fucking loaded. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Like, you know they've probably got cars. That pissed me off for her. And I know gas was cheap in the 80s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, girl, they... Driving around in her little dust bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, little dust bunny. So, yeah, let's talk about class. Um, because, you know, as we were talking about earlier, um, everyone discredits Abby. No one wants to listen to Abby when um, she says that something's wrong with Gretchen. Some of that, yes, has to do with the fact that she's young, but I think more significant more significantly a lot of it's because she's poor right and when she starts to speak out against the rich they immediately remind her that she's an outsider who's being allowed to be among them through the scholarship as if they're like they even like use that language like they're lifting her up to something higher than what she was born to be right like they're doing a favor by associating with her so how do we feel about the way that Hendrix is writing about slash exploring the issue of class here? And let me just say also, like, props to Abby's mom. Mm-hmm. Because I I had forgotten about the scene where Abby's mom gets called into the principal's office. I love office that and scene. like, goes off on him. Yes. And it's such yeah. a great scene. I love that she did that. Yeah. Yeah. She basically, you know... Uh, Abby has gotten all of this trouble orchestrated by the demon that has possessed Gretchen and Abby gets called into and her parents get called into the principal's office, you know, accusing Abby of doing all of these things and, you know, giving kids alcohol and uh, giving kids drugs and and just like all of these different offenses that like she supposedly committed, but really she didn't, obviously. And yeah. Abby's mom just kind of turns to her and is like, did you do this? And Abby's like, that's no. what my mom used and to do. Is, did you do this? Yes or no? Yeah. Don't lie to me. I'll find out. Right. Yeah. Right. And then her mom's like, my daughter says she didn't do it. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted Kelly. I just got so excited because I saw my mom coming out. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, I mean, like, and that's like really, you know, it shows that like, even if they don't have the closest relationship, like right. that's like good parenting, I think, is to like believe your kid if they've given you no reason to think that they're lying, you know? And, like, Abby's mom is, like, you know, Abby's a good kid. She's Mm -hmm. always been a good kid. She doesn't usually lie to me. Like, I'm going to, like, you know, innocent until proven guilty or whatever. Like, I'm going to believe her Um, when she says that that this wasn't her. And she Mm – and then she goes off on the principal and is, like, you are a piece of shit, basically. She's just, just, like – she, like, tells him that, you know, like, it's clear that he's just doing this because they don't have money. And, you mm-hmm. know, she she just kind of, like, points out all of the flaws in his thinking and just, like, really reduces him down mm-hmm. to a point where he can't even, like, say anything back to her. Because she just, like... And he shouldn't. He needs to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. She, like, eviscerates him, and it's incredible. It's very satisfying. Yeah. And she's like, Abby, if you make me look like a fool, I'll kill you, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, too, Susan. Like, because her mom is like, yeah, I've got your back. And then as soon as she comes out, Abby's like, 
thank you so much. And she's like, you need to shut your mouth and sit down. How dare you put me in this position? Like, where I have to choose you over your school, basically. Yeah. Like, you make a liar and she's like, what just girl? happened? And I felt like that was very <laughs> Southern as well. I just like um, talking about class. Like, I really like this moment because we really don't see any other moment where Abby is, like, proud of her parents. Mm-hmm. Because I think because of the environment that she's being raised up in, I mean, a lot of that environment is influenced by the people she hangs out with because she's a teenager and that's how teenagers work. And because of her friends, she kind of is ashamed of her parents because they can't, like, give her the things that her friends have. Like, they can't pay for her to go to, like, a dermatologist to fix her skin or, like, buy her a puppy or whatever. And she kind of resents them for that. And this is a moment where, like... She's actually, like, proud of her parents, especially her mom. And it was kind of nice to see her have that moment of growth. Um, Because this is a horror novel. We didn't necessarily need to have that. Uh, But, like, it it definitely, like, added more to the characters. Like, not only Abby, but Mm -hmm. also her parents. So I thought that was really Mm -hmm. neat. Well, and on the subject of class, I think also what's going on with Gretchen and, like, like, her parents' willingness to, like, help her or believe her also has to do with class because, I agree. you know, she is, like, hurting and doing – and just, like, mm-hmm. clearly not okay. But then as soon as yeah. she, like, you know, takes a shower and looks cute again, <laughs> like, her parents are like, everything is fine. Like, and so, so much of it is about appearances and – Really, they care more that their daughter is, like, presenting as being okay than the fact that she actually, like, is okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And even... They just want her to seem normal. Even when they think what's going on with her is mental health related, Mm -hmm. they're like, but we're just gonna kind of let that ride out on its own. Yeah. Not really acknowledge it. Yeah, it's, like, shameful. (laughs) Yeah, because it's, like, we come from money. We shouldn't, like, you you shouldn't be having these problems. Yeah. Like, you have everything you could possibly need, so, you know, like, um, this isn't... Your problems aren't our concern, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's talk about humor, then. Because um, we haven't really talked a lot about this book and it being funny, but a lot of it is at least supposed to be funny. Um, and we've talked... About the mixture of humor and horror before in this podcast, actually, when Mary Kay was here. Yes, Jennifer's Body. When we were talking about Jennifer's Body, go back and check that out. That was the episode where we interviewed Grady Hendrix, so, you know, Woo! a little bit of everything. Yes. Um, this is trying to be funny and scary, um, so let's talk about, I, I'm saying trying because I don't, like, mm-hmm. obviously I love this and I think it's working, but, like, what did you guys think? Did the humor work for you? Were there any moments in particular that stood out to you? as humorous it is funny i think it is funny and i think it's hard to make horror both very scary and very funny at the same time and i think this book does do that like it was both things for me um i i mean i just keep going back to like the song lyrics that was really funny to me because it's i think it's something i would do like all the changed song lyrics and it's yeah they were really funny even though they didn't make any sense i also thought that the twist on the exorcism at the end 
was very funny, even though it is moving and, you know, powerful and it's an important yeah. moment, but it also is funny. Like calling on all these yeah. uh, moments from their friendship to exercise this demon, like by the power of Phil Collins. <laughs> all that stuff is really funny. And yeah. I think there's a lot of humor too in those first couple of chapters when they're kids. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Just that whole scene at the roller rink and like just, you know, the, the voice of Abby kind of like looking back on how she felt as this elementary school kid having, you know, like this birthday party and having no one show up. And then when Gretchen comes and gives her a Bible and she's like, you are like the worst person on earth. Everything is unfair. My life sucks. And just like the, I wanted to eat tea stuff. Yes. Like the drama of, of her, like, and her birthday party and her obsession with ET and like, it's just, it's funny. I I think that um, I agree with you. And the, the moment to me that was the funniest is not when they find the dad's porn. Oh, yeah. He's bringing it up for years yeah, afterwards. Yes. I was like, yes. oh, my gosh, that is so real. That's so true to life. Yes. Yeah. It's really funny when it happens. But because you keep invoking it, like, get it like snowballs into like a multi-layer inside joke, which I think is great. And then also some of the lines of dialogue, especially when Margaret talks. Yeah. I was oh like, boy. oh, my, uh, and was also laughing, too, because I was like, gross. Margaret is the worst. Like, yeah. she's the worst. Yeah. But I mean, from the very beginning of the story, yeah. she's the worst. Yeah, yeah why didn't you? I don't understand why you didn't come to my party. But I just explained it to you very clearly, and it should not be a thing that needs to be explained to you. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I was going to say, I know that horror and humor are typically looked at as very separate categories, but I think they both play, like, for to be successful in either one, it's all about timing. So, like, whether it's, like, a suspense or whether it's, like, landing the punchline after a beat and not too late and not too soon, like, I feel like they're very closely related um, in execution. And, and also because, like, yeah. something that's funny to one person is not funny to the next, just, like, something that's scary to one person is not scary to the next. But. True. Yeah. And, and, and they're both looked at as, like, lowbrow forms of entertainment when they're both really hard to execute well. Mm-hmm. And trying to do them both just makes Great Hendrix kind of a genius. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when I interviewed him about it, you know, I asked him about the humor and he claims, you know, I said like this book is trying to be funny and he claims like he never tries to be funny that that's just kind of like what happens. Okay, so. Grady, this is just, oh, the, <laughs> you like this outfit? This is just something that I put on when I don't care what it look like. Okay. I don't don't try to be funny. I just (laughs) am funny. (laughs) He does seem like a pretty naturally funny person, though. He's funny, like, when you're. But I don't believe that he never thinks about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like saying someone's not pretty because they're naturally beautiful. That's not fair. (laughs) I almost think Horror Store was funnier than this. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this was. There are, like, moments of humor, but I think it's, like, yeah, much more leaning into the horror than the humor. Whereas, like, I think there were a lot of funnier moments, even inside the scary parts of Horror Store. 
like the things that were happening that were supposed to be scary were mm-hmm. were like kind of absurd sometimes in a good way. Um, whereas this is like, there's some like actually just like really scary things where like there's yeah. nothing funny about that worm Mm-mm, at no. all. Mm-mm. Nothing. Mm-mm, that worm is, oh, nope. oh God. Mm-mm. No, and a fucking dog dies not. in this oh, book. Yeah. So I just like really, all the laughter has been taken away from me. Yeah. So let's talk about the scary stuff then. Like, what was scary about this book? Well, yeah. So the worm is what caused my panic attack. Yeah. If you um, tell your panic famously, <laughs> famously, as I yeah, have mentioned many that. times, I had a panic attack the first time I read this book. Uh, I was reading it on the train on the subway. And I got to the part... Great place to have a panic attack. Yes. The best place. Um, I got to the part where she... Where um, Abby goes to visit Margaret. Margaret has um, basically succumbed to, like, an eating disorder that is actually caused by the smoothies that... Well, she has an eating disorder kind of, like, on top of this. But she's been drinking these smoothies that Gretchen has given her or, like, milkshakes that are supposed to be, like, dietary supplements. Mm. But really, guess what? It's tapeworm eggs, Um, which obviously she didn't know at the time. Uh, So she's been drinking these and then eventually, you know, she's getting thinner and thinner and she has to, like, you know, stop going to school because she passes out and she's, like, really, really sick. So Abby goes to visit her and she finds Margaret just, like, in – just, like – She's like a uh, – I don't even know how to describe it, but she's just – she's like a skeleton, like a skeleton in her bed. And she's like yeah. – she has like a distended belly. And just like the description of this entire scene was like so visceral and upsetting. And mm-hmm. I was reading this and just like yeah. reading it so – like it was one of those things where I was like if I had passed my stop on the train, I wouldn't have noticed because I was just like – Reading it, like, so intensely, just, like, like eating it up. And then I, like, a- as I got to the part where, where the worm is, like, coming out of her mouth and the dog is, like, pulling it. Oh, fuck So I, fi- I get to the end of the scene, at, like, and I, like, look up from the book and I realize that my heart is, like, pounding. Like, I – my heart was just, yeah. like, beating so hard in my chest. And then I, like, I had that sensation of, like – I'm going to puke right now. Like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And so, and I, like, was just, like, having a hard time breathing. So I was just sitting there and I, like, closed the book. And we got to the next stop and I just, like, got off the train and, like, ran up the steps and, like, went and, like, stood out in the night air. This was, like, last October. So it was, like, kind of chilly already. And I, like, ran up and I was just, like, standing there and I was, like, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? Like, and just, like, freaking out for, like, a couple of minutes. And then I, like, calmed down and then I, like, called a cab and, like, took a cab the rest of the way home because I like got out it was not my stop I was just but I was like I have to get off the train because I'm gonna throw up on some people I didn't actually throw up but anyway that's good that would have made it worse you probably wouldn't be the first person to throw up on some people on a new York city no I certainly would not be subway um (laughs) hey I got thrown up on in New York just a couple of days ago unrelated to this book dang great yeah not related to this book just Harry Potter related I, unaffiliated but that like related. the worm is very frightening but i think for me all yeah. of the vomiting oh, you know how i feel about this is what was really scary and i don't even consider myself i don't know i don't nobody like you don't have the phobia that susan like, and i have the like yeah i don't have like a phobia yeah. of it i just yeah. don't like it <laughs> but you like the say. description of like the worm the feathers the y'all 
it's uh, seriously I when I say it. like a couple of years ago I could not have finished this book I mean that like I can talk about it now because I've like specifically worked on this shit <laughs> but like Proud like if I had yeah. gotten to that first scene where she like where Gretchen is vomiting at school um like I, I would have had to stop I think I don't know. It's it's graphic. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, even for now that even yeah. though I can like read that now, I still hate it. And it is still like for a vomit scene, like a lot. It's a lot of it. And it's like really descriptive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's graphic, and it came out of nowhere, which is another thing I don't like is surprise vomit. Yeah. It's not even it's not even that she was vomiting. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's not good. <laughs> but it's also like. <laughs> The hint that there is some sort of evil presence living in her and manifesting through these things in the vomit. Well, because it's, like, not normal. It's not, like, a normal vomit. It's, like, literally a gallon of, like, unidentified liquid. Like... And I think, I think, I mean, the concept of something living inside you is what really freaked me out about the tapeworm because it's just like, like this entire time there's this like massive horrifying thing just like living in Margaret's gut. Like that is so fucking horrifying to me. That's like, and just the fact that she's been drinking so many of those every day and you go back mm because she's got like a food journal going. So you can, like, really mm-hmm. look and see and, like, slowly, day by day, she starts eating less food and more of these, like, tapeworm milkshakes. Um, I don't know how the tapeworms survive and get so big when she stopped. <laughs> She's like... Did they eat each other? You should be eating more if you're... Demons? If you're yeah. Tapeworm. They eat yeah, your insides. her from the inside out. Yeah. yeah. But she was, like, not eating enough yeah. food that you would think they could sustain themselves. But anyway, I don't know. Stomach. I'm not a fucking scientist. Yeah. So... <laughs> That the worst part of the worm thing for me was not that there was something alive inside her. It was that, like, the fact that, like, she's constantly gagging, which is, like, yeah. close enough to vomiting for me. Like, you might as well just throw it in the same category. And it was, like, this huge... Also, tapeworms are not the size of that thing that came out of her. That was, like, a dragon. And, yeah. Like, tapeworms are smaller than that. But still, like... It's well, this was of, like, a this demonic big ass. Yeah, exactly. I know these aren't you know, regular tapeworms, but gross either way. And like, but that was the part that got me about it. It was just the, like, she was struggling to breathe. So it was so yeah. big and like, it just kept getting like longer and longer. Oh, it's like, I can like feel myself <laughs> like, Oh, just, Oh, can I tell you the most repulsive sentence yes. to me yes. in the book? It's during this scene when the dog jumps up and bites down, and he describes the texture of when yeah. the dog bites the worm. I got mouth sweats from that. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, the, the mouth sw- Yeah, the hot saliva. Yep. Oh, God. Um, on the supernatural <laughs> end of things, because there is some, like, supernatural scary stuff as well, <sighs> not just, like, the scatological stuff or not, you know? Um, right. The phone calls... Were really disturbing yes. to me. Where, she, yeah, where she's yeah. like trying to like reach out to her, and there's like, like she's sort of like hidden somewhere far away. Mm-hmm. Um, that was scary to me. And also, there's a scene where she's talking to 
Abby's talking to Gretchen, like, after she's been, like, full-on possessed. And she looks down and Gretchen's, like, scribbling in her notebook, like, not me, help. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's that really creepy. Yeah. 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 Um, that was So, scary. I think, you know, just for listeners to hear, I think, like, it was, it wasn't only just, like, terrifying from, like, a gross-out perspective. But to me, it was no. also, like, the, the possession itself was described yeah. in a very, like, terrifying way that I think worked. Yeah. So, I mean. One thing that's scary to me but doesn't I mean it's not like freak you out scary necessarily but I have dreams sometimes where like the people that I'm close to like aren't themselves yeah Mm -mm, that's really scary to me and like I'll be trying to like get through to them and talk to them and it's like they don't care for some reason it's like they're just like scary I don't know what this says like about me psychologically but (laughs) like the idea that, like, yeah. this looks like your friend and sounds like your friend, and she's still, like, going right. through the motions, but, like, something is not her, but you can't figure out what that is. Like, that that in itself is Also, really that the school had a slave day is also yeah. scary. Um, Oof. yeah, no. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, cannot believe that there was a slave day. I can't believe it. It's appalling. I mean, I do believe it, but I can't believe it. Oh, yeah. But also totally a thing. It's okay because it was for a good cause. Yeah. Well, that's also how you know that there's only white kids at the school. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of things Mm -hmm. that make it the South. Because if there was Mm -hmm. any parent of color, they would be showing up like, excuse me, what? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Taking my money and and going home. I hope they would start a fucking riot. Which, I mean, really places it even more in the South. (laughs) Because, I don't know, like, I've heard about... Yeah schools in the south that like yeah. weren't fully integrated until like the 70s yeah, yeah. you know uh, montgomery mm-hmm. county well i mean the confederate flag is like still a thing a problem <laughs> we'll say yeah specifically i mean yeah for sure and and yeah. like there are some schools that are predominantly one demographic because of that has where has been where those families have lived for years but also that's how you know for sure because <laughs> that no one was being like, um, what the fuck are you, what? Even as recently, and again, I'm not from the South. I'm from Orlando, Florida. But even as recently as my senior year of high school in 2010, uh, there was, we had like our senior week. And in our senior week, one of the days was uh, Cowboys and Indians. Fun. And you could choose which one to dress as. And thank God I, I dressed as a cowboy, let me just say. I was always <laughs> dressed as an Indian. In every school production play, mm-hmm. I was just Wednesday Adams with the big middle finger being like, nope. <laughs> For all of these reasons, I've decided to scalp you and burn your village to the ground. <laughs> Doesn't she say something like, the gods of my tribe have spoken? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> something like that. Um, so, really fast, I know we've talked about the ending as far as the exorcism mm-hmm. is concerned, but the book goes on after that. And I'd like to talk about that because for me, um, I love the ending. Like it really like took the book up a notch. I think so too. It makes it more literary. But um I would like I'd like to hear what you guys think about it and maybe someone can kind of like explain what happens at the end. Oh uh, I think I yeah. can explain. Okay, go for it. Um so Abby and Gretchen kind of go their separate ways after high school, but they they stay in touch. But, I mean, like most people in the 
like who are friends in high school, um, time starts to pass more and life happens and they fall out of touch some. But then after Abby gets divorced, um, Gretchen lives with her and they come back together for a while. She lives with her for a while, uh, helps her take care of her baby. Um, and like they continue on and like continue to be friends and, and have like on and off periods in their lives. But basically by the time they get really old, uh, Abby, you know, uh, becomes sick. I think she probably has like has cancer or something Mm -hmm. like as an old woman. And, you know, it's, Gretchen is the person who is there with her when she dies um, in those, like, final moments. Holding her hand. Yeah, and, like, that was just so, like, sweet yeah. and, and like, just the last line that – because, like, earlier, like, very early when – in the book when they're kids and they're watching whatever – what's it called? Halley, Haley's Comet? Ha- Haley's Comet. Um, and they're, like, mm-hmm. the next time this comes around, we'll be, like, in our 90s or whatever – uh, yeah. do you think we'll we'll still be here to see it? And Gretchen's like, we'll probably be dead or, <laughs> or whatever. And then, you know, the last yeah. line is like, you know, they didn't uh, – they never saw the comet again, but they tried. And like, oh, my heart. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that was so sweet. This is so, it was just so good. And it was like one of those things where, you know, I, this was my third time reading it. So, like, I expected it this time, obviously. But the first time I read the book, like – I wasn't expecting it to go there. Like, for I, this book just exceeded my expectations in a lot of ways when I was reading it. But that ending, especially, yeah, like he didn't have to write that. But I think that him adding that at the end for me really drove the point home that, like, right. yeah, this is a story about exorcism, but like more importantly, this is a story about this friendship. That's the the book starts explain by explaining how they became friends. It ends with like them being friends together like till the end and like i feel like that was portrayed very realistically throughout the book um and i i just like thought that was really well done and that part really maybe more than the worm <laughs> that part really sticks with me you know um i hope that that's I, fixes can it. I <laughs> read the last paragraph yes, because i think it do. truly yes. like sums up all these ideas mm-hmm. Uh, Abby Rivers and Gretchen Lang were best friends on and off for 75 years. And there aren't many people who can say that. They weren't perfect. They didn't always get along. They screwed up. They acted like assholes. They fought. They fell out. They patched things up. They drove each other crazy. And they didn't make it to Haley's Comet. But they tried. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I like have chills. Yeah, yeah uh, that that did just give me chills. So so good. I was listening to it in my car at the end of it, and I was like, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, where am I going? Because <laughs> like we all have like really important friendships, you know. I don't, but <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Speaking for myself, no, I'm just I know Emily doesn't have any friends, but I fucking hate friends. Um, friendship, I, like. Being a woman and, like, knowing, like, that feeling of having those, like, really, really close and important female friendships in your life is, like, like, and you always think about, like, you know, I feel like I'm going to know this person forever and I hope I know this person forever. And, like, Mm -hmm. there are people in my life right now who, like, I haven't talked to in a little bit, but I'm, like, I know that I'll, like, we'll come back around and we'll we'll be friends, you know? Yeah. And 
I think it captures that really well, that, like, idea of someone being, like, a solid presence in your life, like, forever. Yeah. Like, the kind of friends who you can go, like, a year without seeing and, like, not talking that much and then get together and it'll be, like, the same as always, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you stop for a minute and you're like, a man wrote this. I know, it's shocking. (laughs) Good job. Because, like, there, I mean, not all men. But a lot of them are really bad at writing women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just really appreciate that. Like, I think it's clear that Grady Hendrix, like, thinks of women as people, for one. Yeah. But, like, also, like, respects women's experiences and, like, makes the effort. Again, like, does the research mm-hmm. and makes sure to get it right. Because I've, this felt real. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he writes female main characters a majority of the time. And so, will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um... So with that in mind, like, and this can, we can get into our ratings this way, but like, I know we've also talked about Horror Store, um, back when we were baby podcasters, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was like our- Episode four or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> at the time, I remember, like, I told you guys, like, oh, I picked this book because I hadn't read it before, but like, My Best Friend's Exorcism is a better book. Um, what do you think? How do you guys think these books compared? And if you've read any other of Hendrix's books, um, Mary Kay, I know you have- um, and I've read We Sold Our Souls as well, so maybe we can talk that, about that a little bit. Like, how do you think this book compares to its other books? And then I guess we can get into ratings also. Okay. Um, Horror Store is the only other one I've read. And I, I really did enjoy it, but the the character development in this book is, I think, a mm. lot better than it is in Horror Store. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I like I enjoyed this one a lot more, but I also really did like that one. So, I'm saying something really yeah. good about this book when I say yeah. that. I, I agree. I really liked Horror Store, but I read My Best Friend's Exorcism first, and I still think it's the better book out of the two, but they're both great. Like, I would recommend yeah. mm-hmm. both of them. I haven't read We Sold Our Souls yet, but I have started it and liked what I read. I've read Paperbacks from Hell, but I don't know that we can count that here because it's nonfiction. But it's, I mean, it's a very different type of book. Still, I mean, the humor in that is great. It's a very different type of book, but still <laughs> Grady Hendrix's voice is, like, yeah. so good. Yeah. I will say, though, like, this and Horror Store are two really different flavors of, like, mm-hmm. this genre. So don't, like, it's not either or. You don't have to pick you one or the other. No, absolutely. Like, I would recommend both of them yeah. for different reasons, but this is my favorite it's one. It's apples and oranges, really. And I suspect I will recommend We Sold Our Souls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I would. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I have recommended We yeah. Sold Our Souls to several friends who are metalheads. I've been like, this is the book for you. But my per- this one is my favorite of his. However, I'm really looking forward to his next book about the Southern yes. Book Club slaying vampires. Yes. Me too! I think that one's going to be my favorite just based on the setting and they're like a mysterious man comes into town. It's like, Oh, I'm there. Like mysterious man. Yes. Those two are, those are two of my favorite adjectives. (laughs) It sounds so good. Yeah. Man, the adjective. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I like the, the act of being man. Yes. Because it is a verb thing to do. Um, Yeah. I, I really do like this one a lot it's my yeah it's it's the scariest one to me too i mean i just think demons are super scary so for especially for someone who isn't especially religious Mm -hmm. still think demons are scary. i'm not as scared of of demons as i am of the idea of 
anything possessing someone. So it's like not even the fact that it's a demon. It's the fact that it's a possession. Because I'm super scared of losing control Something of myself over, or yeah. other people losing control of themselves. But uh, I think mm-hmm. like I liked Horror Store, but yeah. I didn't like love it. Um, Same. And this book, I, I thought it was I, really cool, though. It was cool, and it was like, like an interesting cool concept, concept. But I didn't yeah. like connect to it in any way, yeah. like emotionally. Yeah. And like right. this book, I definitely feel an emotional connection to. Um, yeah, I never almost cried when reading no, Horror Store. Like not so. even close, honestly. Um, <laughs> even though, and I'm not. It's not. <laughs> and I don't. Right. I think I don't think you're supposed no. to. So that's, I think that's okay. I think Horror Store is more. I feel like I remember us talking about that back then, like feeling sort of a lack of connection yeah. to. Yeah. to it like emotionally yeah it's more yeah. of like a a fun kind of like um it's it's like a haunted house almost type of thing that's like yeah. it's like going on a ride or something where this feels more like a complete like story and uh i just think that this book is like like better structured and just like more i don't know it's just it's just better um, but not that horror store is bad because it's not. Um, do I want to give ratings? Yes. Yeah. Can I ask a miscellaneous question to Kelly? Did you listen to this on audiobook? I did. I just need you to look at a copy of this physically and give me your book designer feedback. Wait, uh, the, I have My the best paperback. friend's exorcism. Yeah. So... I think it's a beautiful book, just like a yeah. physical object. So I don't have the hardcover, but I do have the paperback because the first time I read it, I um I read it in paperback and I like love the cover. It is so so cool. It's like I, it's so cool. The paperback's like an eighties movie poster. Yeah, it's like a VHS tape. I I have yeah. the hardback one, which like the cover is cool, but the cool part to me is yeah. the yes. inside is I a love yearbook. That. Oh, I, that's what okay. I like about the hardcover. Yeah, I don't have so, like, all the cool the, like yearbook stuff, and it's got like advertisements in the back and and everything. Yeah, there's it looks it's set up like a yearbook with ads in the back, and it's got like the dumb yeah. quote at the beginning of it for the yearbook. It's got like even like yeah. it's got like Grady oh. Hendrix high school picture oh. there at some point. I think. You should take pictures of that for yeah in the yeah, our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. In the back, in the author. Thing, <gasps> Look at that hair! Oh my god, that <laughs> hair. That's red at the end of the audiobook. Yeah, but like since you can't see. Yeah, it, they do read it. I was like, I was wondering, like, oh, is that his the real effect? Isn't there? quite the same. Like, yeah. I imagine it must have looked like mm-hmm. a yearbook if she was, she literally read the ads out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. That's cool. But I do just have to like that's really cool. But I do just have to say on the subject of the paperback, which is like an eighties horror movie, uh, VHS illustration. It is not easy no. to replicate, mm-hmm. um, eighties illustrations. Like, and it is so, um. Yes. Like well done. It looks like it could have actually yeah. come out then. Yes. Uh so props to both cover yeah. and book designers. I mean Quirk um, I think Quirk in general does a really good Yeah, job they have really book beautiful book books. They do. They do. Yeah. Um like all of their books are very aesthetically yes. pleasing. All their books are beautiful, sure. but I find like the thematic 
nature of Grady Hendrix's yeah. books from them. Yeah, like for we sure. sold our souls. The paperback yeah. is a Rolling Stone yeah. magazine cover, which is really the cool. um, form um, imitates the content. Yeah, horror stores and IKEA catalog. <laughs> yes, that one is. Re- we talked about how cool that one was too. All right, this is running long, so we need to get to ratings, guys. <laughs> Um, so I'll start. I gave this book five stars because I fucking love it. So obviously I gave it five stars. I wouldn't read a book three times. I mean, maybe that's a lie. I have read books three times that I wouldn't give five stars. Not many though. Um, I gave this five stars. Unabashedly. I had to look up my rating, but my rating two years ago was five stars and my rating now is five stars. I gave it four because I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it four also. Um, but like I would give it four and a half if that was an option. But it's not. It's just fives are are so sacred. Yeah, I yeah. try to give those Same, out. As I few. get it, and this book is sacred to me. So, you know, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, since I'm the only one who just experienced it for the yeah, first time, your first time <laughs> reading it. Yeah. What are you giving I'm it? Giving it a four. But I was going to say exactly <gasps> what Kelly yeah. said, which was it would have been. It would have been a four and a half, but I just can't round up because yeah. I just can't. I only have a few fives uh, ever. Guys, that means this is our... That's exactly how I This feel. is our second official love episode because we did a love episode for Room. Which I gave five stars we went stars back and read Room together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Room is dope. I read that book because you guys yeah. liked it so much. Yeah. So this is kind of like our second time going back and reading a book for another episode because... We liked it so much. Hey, so we have cool. two hate episodes and two love episodes. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? It's just the hate episodes are by the same author. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, we can't, yeah. I can't guarantee that'll be the last time we do that. No. Um, I'm not reading Sherry Lapina again. Ever. <laughs> uh, I did it. I, I did my time. I still think we should write a Sherry Lapina novel. I would love to do that. A bot could write that. You just I'm put in a bunch of jumbly things and it'll... Generic suspense. <laughs> listener feedback. We don't have any listener feedback for We Have Always Lived in the Castle. However, Mary Kay recently did an episode on the movie We Have Always Lived in the Castle over at her other podcast. Not her other podcast. Her number one <laughs> podcast. My, my actual one <laughs> Your actual one. This isn't your podcast, even though we invite you to come on all the time. Um, Everything Trying to Kill You did an episode recently on the movie, and you did listen to our episode, so maybe you can just give us some thoughts about it, since we don't have any listener feedback because you guys failed us again. (laughs) Um, Well, I had listener feedback, but you were like, just wait and tell it to us. So um, (laughs) I thought it was interesting when you guys said you immediately associated Mary Cat with having... Um, obsessive compulsion Um, because I could tell that there was something going on like she had a lot of repetitive behaviors and thought she was doing witchcraft but wasn't really or was Mm -hmm. or was Um, so that was something really cool that you guys said that I wanted to say cool I didn't think about it like that before but I did really like her because um, she's weird but she also stands by her conviction and she only kills assholes. It's like Dexter. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I haven't he watched it. But, assholes. Um, I haven't watched that either. Arguably, he's also a giant okay. asshole. Well, yeah, she she only kills assholes. And 
Um, I don't know if you guys mentioned this, but it's also really funny in a very macabre way. Um, I think I said this on our episode, but the final lines of dialogue between the sisters when she's like, I wonder if I could eat a baby mm-hmm. if I had the chance. <laughs> and Constance is like, well, I don't know if I could cook one. I was like, yes, bitches. Y'all are so weird. I love it. Yes. Um, but yeah. I did. I liked that episode a lot, um, and I, I really liked the adaptation too. I thought they made smart changes good, to right? the film because I know you guys talked about the book, but yeah, and they just and they were very small changes that didn't cha- that didn't make that much of a difference to the characters, but they did make it easier to watch. Like it made it more visually yeah. stimulating rather than just be a Shirley Jackson mood, right? Which the I love. The truth of the novel is still yes. there. Right, the changes, exactly. Yes, you said that so well, and I took so long <laughs> to make the same point. <laughs> you know, I just learned that phrase in all of my schooling. You know, we talk in the MFA program all the time about emotional truth, right? Yeah. So, there you go. Blah, just let me tell some school. lies that are interesting. <laughs> That's how I felt the whole time. I would be, I would make one small exaggeration, and they would be like, "That didn't happen," and I would be like, "Prove it! Just let me have this." Oh my god. Damn. Okay, so before we start talking about what's on the blog and what's up next, Mary Kay. Yeah. You have a book coming out. Yeah, you can pre-order my book, you guys, if you want. We'll listeners. put a link to that in the. But tell us a little bit about your book. So it's called America's First Female Serial Killer, Jane Toppin and the Making of a Monster. Um, But it is, it's true crime, but she was uh, America's first documented serial killer. So like Lavinia Fisher is older than her, but we don't know much about her. And she's kind of an urban legend. And then you have Eileen Warnos, who's like the most famous, but not the oldest. Anyway, she's right in the middle. And the reason why we know nothing about her, I think, is because she was, um, her parents were Irish immigrants. She was an indentured servant. And um, she was a nurse. And she got away with killing 30 people before they were like, um, maybe it's this hoe. Like, she got away with it for a really long time. And I think they were embarrassed, so they didn't really cover very much about her in the newspapers. So when I heard her story on a podcast, I was like, oh, I'm going to read the novel about her because surely there's a novel about America's first female serial killer. And then there isn't, or but now there is. So I wrote it because Toni Morrison told me personally, if there's a book you want to read Ooh. and it hasn't been written yet, you have to read it. So that's what I did. Um, you can buy it on Amazon or IndieBound, and um, it comes out May 15th, so there's no rush. If you guys are like, I don't want to get it till it comes out, you can wait as well. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully you guys will read it and love it, because it was hard to write. I'm so, I'm all over this. Yay. All thank you. And thank it. you so much for having me on. I'm so excited about that. I'm excited about it, too, and this was really fun. Yeah. That's with y'all, so thank you. Thank you. We always love having you, Mary Thanks, Kay. girl. All right, what's on the blog, guys? I don't even know what's oh, on the blog anymore. Let me see. It's me first. So Spooktober's still happening. You. Um, speaking of exorcisms, if you want to read more about them, 
I wrote a spoiler-free review of The Black Coat's Daughter, which is available on Netflix. So if you want to see if you're interested in checking it out, read my review first, then go check it out, or just go check it out, because it's on Netflix, and you can watch it right now. Um, also, Kelly and I are going to write about Crawl, because I needed Kelly's Florida expertise for this particular yes. movie. Yes. Um, so those will be up. Uh, we are also yeah. going to be writing about Moulin Rouge, the musical, which we mm-hmm. saw while Emily was visiting me yeah. recently for her birthday, which, by the way, happy birthday, Emily. We love you. Oh, thank you. Uh, so we're going to be writing about the musical and also the movie and comparing them, etc. What else we got? Survivor recaps are still happening. Check check it out to see cool. the foolishness getting the survivors are getting up to in Fiji. Todd and I are there for you to talk about Survivor with you. And if you've never watched Survivor, maybe check it out because it's actually pretty good. And we have a lot of things to say about systemic racism and sexism mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, Riverdale recaps are not happening, but nope. Mary and I will be soon posting uh, our kind of season preview post beginning of the season hopes and dreams yes precisely also while i'm talking i will also say i wrote a blog post about nancy drew talking about the original book series and talking about the new cw adaptation and why i kind of have a problem with it oh no i was excited about it you can probably still be excited about it. I was just really turned off by the premiere. Okay. Well, you know, For reasons, you'll have pilot. to see in my blog. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I'm also re-watching Six Feet Under with my dad. My dad has not seen it before, so he's watching it with me for the first time. And we are discussing that. We're going to kind of um, do two posts per season sort of like mid-season check-in and then talking about it at the end of each season so if you've been wanting to watch six feet under or if you've been wanting a reason to rewatch, go ahead and watch along with us and then like listen to what we have to say about it because i don't know maybe you care i am stoked for these posts yay i also love six feet under That's i don't know so that i'm good. gonna rewatch it right now because i'm already rewatching uh, some other shit <laughs> yeah but i'm I liked reading that first one. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. Yeah, like, I love this show remembering. so much. Me too. So good. Yeah. Um, what so else? Good. Anything else? I might have written something about Dancing with the Stars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and why Sean Spicer's still on there? <sighs> yeah. I don't... I can't even address that yeah. as an issue. I think I'm going to do, like, a rundown of my favorite performances, like, from the past. Okay, that sounds better. Because I'm taking dance lessons right now, and so I'm like... You're pretending to be a star? You are a star. She is a star yeah. of this podcast. Ooh. I mean, I, I am a star in my own head. Oh. Always. Um, YA Book Club is also happening eventually. I swear to God, it's coming up. Or it should be up by now. Um, we're talking about The Wilder Girls by... What is her name? By Rory Power. Um, loving it. Cannot wait to talk about it. Yeah, I'm excited um, to talk about it. Cool. So what's next up on the podcast? Next up on the podcast, we are going to be talking about the book Freshwater by Akweake Emezi, which I have written on a post-it note. 
so that I can pronounce it correctly. Phonetically. <laughs> I saw that when I was yes. at your apartment. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> you didn't yeah. even mention that. Um, so yeah, this book, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm about halfway through, and I'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys. Susan, what's next on the other sode? The next other sode. Because we haven't covered Stephen King in a little while. It's been like at least a couple of episodes. Um, we are going to see Dr. Sleep. Yay. Um, which is, the novel was a sequel to The Shining. Um, and this is the yeah. film adaptation starring... My boy, Ewan McGregor. Hottie. Known Hottie, Ewan McGregor. Forever husband, Ewan McGregor. So- it looks really good. Anyway, so we're going to do that. I'm trying to talk Justin into um, at least popping in yes, for a little come on, Justin. quick hello. I don't think he'll fully ever guessed because it makes him nervous, but... He really likes Stephen King also, so we're going to see this together. He could. What if yeah. he held a dog? Well, he yeah, was... that might help. He'd probably have to because literally there's no way Rez is going to let him like, they do would something be in there. without sitting on his lap. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Kelly, do your thing. Follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Bookswag Goals. You can visit our website at bookswaggoals.com. You can visit our blog on our website. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will really help other people find us, and we obviously need more listeners because none of you are writing us any feedback. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we love y'all, and uh, pay attention to us. Yeah. Attention, please. Attention, please. Please clap. (laughs) All right, Jed. Jeff. Okay. I heard a bye. kitty. Okay. Bye, bye. everyone. Yep.